Hello, witchy friends, and welcome to episode number six of the Comfy Cozy Witch podcast with me, Jenny Blonde, the Comfy Cozy Witch. Thank you so much for joining me today, um, and thank you for joining me for the other episodes. I'm so grateful for all of you listening. So today, I'm going to be talking all about you. So I put a poll out earlier asking if it was a little too early to talk about Yule or if, you know, if I should wait a few weeks or if you're ready to hear now. And a large majority of people responded they wanted to hear all about Yule, the history, um, correspondences, recipes and crafts and ideas that you can do with your family or for yourself to celebrate the Yule Sabbath in the winter solstice. So that will be the main topic for today. But before I get into Yule, I want to talk about what's making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. Get ready to hear all about Yule. I love Yule. I love the Yule season. And I think many of you probably do as well. Now, you know that my favorite, of course, is Mabin and Autumn. But Yule is up there. It is really close because I just love the comfy coziness, the candles, the warmth, the fires, the cozy blankets, the drinks, the food, the time with family, even though this year, not as much time with family due to COVID, but everything about Yule just screams comfy coziness. So I can't wait to talk to you about the history, the Norse mythology surrounding Yule. We're going to talk a little bit about Odin and his connection to Santa Claus and some Yule correspondences, ways you can set up your altar space in your house in preparation for Yule and the winter solstice. And then I'll also talk about some good food, drinks, recipes, and craft ideas that you can do with your family. So let's get started. Like the Samhain episode, I'm going to start with a history of Yule and then we'll move into uh, how we can celebrate it in a contemporary setting. So Yule is also known as the winter solstice and it takes place around the 21st of December, between the 20th or 19th and the 22nd really. Um, And again, it's known as the winter solstice and it is a pagan fire festival and it was originally called Yule. J-U-L, but I believe that is pronounced Yule anyway, and it takes place on the longest night of the year. So this is the time when the um, sun is not out as long as the moon. So the night sky and darkness, really it's all about darkness. Um, It is darker this day more than any other day of the year and any other night of the year. And the focus of the Sabbath is not 
necessarily on this darkness, but it's on the return of the light, the return of the sun god, the defeat of the holly king, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. And from Yule, the winter solstice forward, the days ever so slowly begin to grow longer as the earth rotates and as, you know, the sun comes back. So although Yule is all about celebration and celebrating the dark and the return of the light, it also marks the start of the coldest months ahead. And so looking back to Norse history and um, the Norse peoples, they knew that cold, I mean, freezing cold and barren days were ahead of them during this time of year, during Yule. So what they did is they clung on to hope in the sun and they would ask for the gods and the goddesses to provide them with protection, uh, vitality, strength for the coming months whenever the cold weather was peaking, you know, in that January, February into March time. So Yule was a big celebration, almost like a last hurrah of merriment, of eating, drinking, and gift giving before the really cold days settled in. And at this time, they would give offerings with a Yule log, which we'll talk about in a little bit here, um, offerings to the gods and goddesses, asking them to provide them with light and protection and to help get them through these coldest months, because not everybody made it through these months. Um, Your food had to last Your shelter had to last, warmth had to last, and if it was a particularly horrible winter, not everybody could make it. So the Yule festivities, you know, always focused on the fire, and if inside, focused on the hearth of the home. So the hearth where you had the fireplace, and most hearths, of course, also were the kitchen area where the cooking took place. So symbols that represented warmth and light would be the fire, the hearth. And this, you know, called out for the sun to return as well, you know, celebrating this fire. And many cultures and religions across the world have their own celebrations of the winter solstice. And they also honor this returning of the light or this return of something. So you think about the Christian Christmas traditions, which (laughs) were actually taken from the pagan Yule and adapted over time because of, um, well religious belief persecution, and that could be a whole other long, 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 long episode. But, you know, they focused on the return of the light, the return of, of, or the birth of a sun. Uh, You have Hanukkah with its traditions of lighting menorahs and Kwanzaa and traditions of candle lighting. So we see this idea and representation of light and candles and hearth throughout all different cultures and all different religions, but originating with the Norse peoples during Yule. And in Wicca and some neo-pagan traditions, the Yule festivities come from the battle between the Oak King, and the Oak King represents the light of the new year and um, the light coming back to the new year. So represents the battle between him and the Holly King. And the Holly King represents the dark part of the year. And you often see the Holly King with um, his big white beard. Uh, he has the ivy and the, the berries 
and the pine cones in his headpiece. So I think you probably have seen these two aspects before. But it's it's the Oak King's victory over the Holly King. So it's the light's victory over the dark, ushering in this, this new time of beginnings, really. And some also believe that the Holly and Oak Kings are the aspects of the horned god, like the dual aspects of the horned god. And it's at this winter solstice, this Yule time where he is born. And this reminds you and reminds us all of the life and death cycle and of there always being that duality of light and dark. There is no dark without light. And of course, there's no life without death. So it's just that horned god duality reminding us of those things. Um, But we need to remember it's not all about the gods either. So Yule was is is was and is also a time to celebrate goddess as um, she passes through her dark stage of life. Okay, through that dark stage, nice and fertile and ready to give birth to the Sun King. So Yule is a time you know to honor the great mother goddess as well as she gives birth to the Sun King again and lightness. So Yule, you know, it still is, it always has been a big time of festivities. Like you think back to the Norse people and um, the Celts, huge, huge celebrations of merriment, gift giving, drinking, not so different than, you know, the Christmas traditions that it has turned into. Um, And a time for festivals, like I said, celebrating, gathering and gratitude, like being grateful for still being alive, being grateful to make it to even those coldest days. Um, And now, you know, it's a time for loved ones to celebrate the season, to gather, although it's harder in our current climate, celebrate the return of the sun, the camaraderie of family and friends. It's a time of giving, gift giving. And, you know, there's really no denying that many modern Christmas traditions did originate in Yule in the winter solstice and in this pagan fire festival. So there are many symbols associated with Yule that I want to talk about. But before I get into to those things and the correspondences and associations, I just want, I feel I'd be remiss if I don't mention the um, Odin-Santa connection, because I think this is just a really neat connection and something that you can share even with with your if you have children with your kids or share with people um and i always like finding like these these connections between um norse mythology and pagan ideas and more um contemporary i guess contemporary ideas so i want to talk about odin as santa so odin is one by far one of the most well-known and popular of the Norse deities. And it is widely speculated that what modern people know as Santa originated in Odin and in this god. And Odin, yes, he he was known, some of you are probably like, oh my gosh, wait, he was known for like his battles and bloodshed, uh, which is true. And this did cause many to fear him, but he also took on other forms and had other personas and the duality, the other side of him, was that he was associated with being a bearer of gifts and goodness. And like I said, he took many forms. One of the forms that Odin took was of a white-bearded traveler donned in a long cloak, 
So like a long, um, sometimes I think it's portrayed as, I want to say it's a dark green. I can't quite remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, but a long cloak and a, a hat, a large brimmed hat or a hood. And it, it was told that he would fly across the skies in his, his chariot of sorts. Um, and it was drawn by his eight-legged horse, Sleipnir. And this happened during the Yule season. And, you know, so you hear these things. You hear, okay, Odin took the form of a man in a white beard, dressed in a cloak with a hat or a hood. Okay, sounds kind of like Santa. Um, flies across the sky during the Yule season. And side note, I will say, um, one of the names Odin went by was Yolner, which translates to Master of Yule, which in Santa, you know, the Master of Christmas, I guess you could look at it that way. And then he had his eight-legged horse, um, Sleipnir, and forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, so you think, you know, the eight reindeer, you know, representative of the, the eight-legged horse. So, and while on his journey too, he would reward the good with presents and he would then punish the bad. So you can definitely see some of these connections. And then it goes even a little bit further. So Odin was known to have a team of small elf-like men who would do his bidding for him. And these dwarves of Norse mythology were called Odin's men. And they were thought to be the creators of other magical weaponry for other deities. So spears, for example, or... Thor's hammer. It's, you know, said that they, they built Thor's hammer. And he hailed from Asgard, which was a magical place only accessible to him and a few other people, um, not a place like in our, what you would think is a real world, kind of like, you know, this, this place that Santa lives <laughs> and spent much, much of his time defeating ice monsters. And his men were also known as, they were from the North and called the Northmen. So there's all these connections. When we look at the, the myths surrounding Odin and what we know of, of Santa Claus, there's a clear connection between the two. So I thought it, was just, it would just be fun to share that with you as part of this, this little episode. So let's talk about some Yule correspondences. Um, and these are all things that you can use throughout the season, and you can see how you can incorporate some of these into your decoration, some incense, crystals that you can use. So I'm just going to go through some of these correspondences and then some symbols that go along with Yule that you will recognize that we see in a modern uh, Christmas secular celebration, how it's connected to Yule. So first off, um, colors obviously associated with Yule are green, red, white, silver, golds, um, and blue as well. Animals associated with this time are the bear, eagle, owl, deer, the snow goose, so animals that, that do well in the cold and that can withstand the cold because any animals or trees that can withstand the cold were correspondences and symbols with Yule because uh, the Norse peoples looked to those things that could get through the horrible months as symbols that they could get through the months as well. So some of these trees are fir, holly, pine, cedar, spruce, the conifer trees that you would um, have, you know, see the pine cones, yew, birch, oak, of course, uh, because we have the oak king. Scents associated with yule are peppermint, cedar, clove, cinnamon, frankincense, 
Some crystals are bloodstone, emerald ruby, garnet, uh, snowflake obsidian, moss agate. So you're seeing some darker colors, of course, the reds and the greens, which, you know, translate to decor for the season. So for your altar, it, it's nice to have some pine, holly or hollyberry, mistletoe, um, candles are always nice, you know, with the warmth bringing in the light and pictures of deities that you would celebrate during this time. Some herbs associated with Yule are rosemary, thyme, cinnamon, peppermint, clove, nutmeg, bayberry, and then food. I mean, there's a lot of good food goodness and drink goodness, but some most common foods that you would see consumed at Yule are mulled wine, wassail, squash, root vegetables, meats, various meats, breads, and sweet treats. A lot of sweet treats. And so those are just some correspondences, symbols. I think that that you all know by now from what I've been saying about the light and fire, that fire is a symbol. Uh, this is a fire festival. So it's no surprise that, that the fire is a symbol for this this Sabbath. Norse peoples would burn oak logs in the fire. Homes would be, um, would keep their fires burning in their hearth throughout the cold season. And fire always reminded people of the return of the light. And so the flame is also sacred to goddess. And there were many practices that kept the flame alight and the flame burning all year to honor uh, the great mother and to honor goddess. So fire is probably one of the largest symbols associated with Yule. So, you know, Yule this year in your household, if you can light some candles or sit by the fire, if you can even take it outside and have a bonfire, even better. So wreaths are Yule symbols as well. And of course, we see you uh, wreaths throughout this holiday tradition or throughout, you know, Christmas as well. They're typically made of pine, evergreens and other conifer trees. And they've been popular for, again, thousands of years. And it's the round shape that really symbolizes the season because it symbolizes the never-ending cycle of life, of birth, death, rebirth, you know, of um, the sun dying and then the rebirth of the sun. It represents the seasons of the year and represents the seasons of our lives. So that circle always represents those things. And so that is the wreath. The Yule log has been a symbol of the season for centuries. When the ancient Celts and Norse people celebrated Yule, they would oftentimes burn a log decorated with pine cones and holly or ivy, and um, they would put it in a large fire in order to cleanse the air um, for the past year and make way for the new make way for the new year. So the log's ashes were often used to treat ailments or even to keep in reverence inside the home. And today, the burning of the Yule log symbolizes the return of the light. And the the dessert Yule log kind of became adapted when Christianity came into play. They kind of adapted the pagan tradition of a Yule log um, into baking a dessert. So it all is very connected to um, the pagan celebration of Yule. So evergreen trees um, obviously are symbols as well because they're a constant reminder to to us and to the Norse peoples that they have the ability to withstand the coldest of the coldest days of the year. It is a symbol of resilience, of strength, eternal life. 
uh, the, these trees persevere, they would maintain their vibrant, and they do maintain, I mean, now their vibrant colors, getting through the coldest days. And this just reminded people to persevere as well, to not give up hope um, that 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 you, that people could withstand the weather as well. If these trees could withstand this and could withstand the coldest months, then so could they. And then uh, another symbol is the hollyberry, which is a symbol of birth blood representing um, the rebirth of the sun god, presenting and the presenting, I'm sorry, the rebirth of him. And it's always a good idea to maybe hang holly decor around your home to remind you of this return, the reminder, the, the, um, sorry, to remind you of the return of the sun. Holly also symbolizes perseverance, strength, and resilience, which are all important things for the cold months of January and February. So I thought I'd give you a little background on how those symbols that we see today in the the Christmas traditions are all related to Yule and the historical connection to Yule. So some of my favorite things to make, because I want to talk about food. Of course, I'm going to talk about food. I'm the comfy, cozy witch, and you know I love my kitchen witchery. (laughs) Um, But my favorite thing to make is the spiced wassail. I make wassail every single year for Yule, and I don't make mine on my stovetop. I let it simmer in the crock pot all day long. So I have, I put cranberry juice and apple cider cinnamon sticks. I stud my oranges with cloves. I slice up an apple, put in more cinnamon, some nutmeg. I'll put in honey or brown sugar and then let that simmer all day in a crock pot. And oh my gosh, it makes first my house smell amazing. You walk in my home and you're just like, welcome Yule, (laughs) welcome winter solstice. It just smells like this season. And then when I drink it in the evening by the fire, it just, it feels like magic to me. It's very magical to me. So I always make, make spiced wassail. And you can find recipes all over the internet and you can add ingredients. Um, you don't have to use the ones that I just listed. Those are just, that's the way I like to make my wassail. I also make um, candied squash and um, roast vegetables every year for Yule. I like my candied squash with some maple syrup and nutmeg. Um, I cook the squash, get it boiling. Then I melt the butter in a pan. I add the squash and then put in mm, the maple syrup or honey and a little bit of sugar sometimes. And then some a lot of nutmeg. I like a lot of nutmeg and get it nice and uh, candies them and coats them in the sweet um, sauce. It's amazing. So I like my candied squash and I always roast vegetables with a lot of um, rosemary and thyme. I do my roasted vegetables, which I've talked about before and I've posted about. And then something else I like to do during the Yule season, and that I think a lot of people do, is make crafts. And Yule crafts, some of the Yule crafts that we like to make in our house um, are garland out of oranges. And so I dry oranges and I just, and I think that takes about half an hour about 300 degrees in your oven, about a half an hour, you can dry oranges and then I string them up. And I've hung them up above my altar space before. So you can like hang them like a little banner, uh, hang the garland, or you can use it to even decorate your tree if you want to do that. Homemade ornaments are a lot of fun too. And this is, I'm going to do two things this year, actually. I'm definitely making the ornaments 
well, three things, <laughs> the garland ornaments. And then I saw a really fun craft online for making little gingerbread poppets that hang on the tree out of felt and thread. And you can like put your intentions inside of the little gingerbread poppets and hang them on the tree. So we're going to do that as like a little family Yule tide ritual. We're going to do that together on the 20th. So anyway, um, ornaments, you can make your own Yule ornaments. You can draw pagan symbols or your Yule symbols on pieces of wood and string them up, or you can shape the pipe cleaners into Yule shapes. So runes, um, I, I like the Burkano rune because it's a symbol for rebirth. You can draw the pentacle or any associated runes, symbols, or sigils and hang them from your tree if you want to have a little extra magical touch um, and pagan witch touch to your to your Yule celebration. Uh, you can make Yule cleansing sticks with dried seasonal plants, leaves, and herbs. Um, I always use a lot of rosemary for those because rosemary just burns and smells so good. And bundle them tightly with a string. And you can cleanse your space with that or just like burn it in your home, um, in your cauldron if you want to. I talked about the poppet. Uh, you can make potpourri, paper lanterns. I mean, there are so many Yule crafts that you can make by yourself or with your family. Like get your get your family involved. I'm going to get my seven-year-old son involved with a lot of these. This year, he has been showing more of an interest in cooking. So I'm going to have him cook dinner with me in the kitchen this year. This will be the first Yule that I'm having him. Usually I do all the kitchen witchery myself, but I'm going to have my son join me this year and help me make a couple of things because, well, to be perfectly honest, I don't want him to hear me. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, sometimes it's just easier <laughs> for me to be in the kitchen by myself. Um, and I think some of you can understand, but he wants to learn and he likes to be in the kitchen cooking with me. So he'll definitely get to participate in some of those things. So I think that pretty much sums up Yule, a little bit about the history. It was a, a quick, comprehensive overview. I wanted to, you know, make it short and sweet and concise. Um, I will say how we celebrate Yule is I make a meal very similar to, you know, other Sabbaths. I make a, a big meal. This year I am making, oh my goodness, what, the, my candied my candied squash, of course. I'm going to make root vegetables. I'm going to do a ham. Ham is always a, a good meat to do for Yule. So I'll do a ham. I'm definitely going to do some of my herby biscuits for sure. Rosemary biscuits. Uh, dessert. I'm not going to do a Yule log. I haven't actually, I haven't attempted a Yule log. Friends of ours had made a Yule log last year and it was out of this world. I guess I could attempt it. And if I do, I'm going to post, I'll post all about it. But it is quite an undertaking. Um, so I'll think about doing a Yule log. Definitely cookies and sweets and candies. That's a given. So I'll be cooking a lot and baking with my son. And we'll probably make a craft. I know the day before we're going to make our little gingerbread poppets and hang those on the tree. We will definitely you know, talk about how grateful we are for all that we have. And every year we do a Yule ritual as a family. So there are some Sabbaths where I have a tendency just to do the rituals on my own. And my partner will, will participate. He will participate sometimes with me, but oftentimes it's just me. But for Yule, 
we always do something together. And typically it's some sort of burning ritual. Last year, um, we did our burning ritual because we had just moved into our new house. So it was, we actually dug a pit in the backyard and made a fire because we didn't have any outdoor fireplace or any outdoor um, like pit. So we made our own pit. Like we, we dug right on the property line. Actually, it may have been in the neighbor's property before they moved in, but we won't tell them. We actually dug a pit and um, had a little fire there. And then we did a burning ritual so we'll do the same thing this year outside, but now we have our outdoor um, fire area. So our fire pit, fire, what is it a fire? Yeah, fire pit, outdoor fire pit. So we'll do that. Um, and what we write, what we do is we simply write down on a piece of paper what we want to leave behind in the dark. So if there are habits, um, negative characteristics, you know, things that have just been gnawing on us that we just want to release and leave behind in the dark, then we write those down on a piece of paper. And, and we all do this, which is so, it's so fun. And last year it was really funny. I can't remember what my son wrote. He would have been six years old at the time, but it was the things that he wanted to leave behind were really cute. Like he wanted, I forget what they were, but they were really cute things. So if you do this with your kids, you can have a lot of fun with it. Um, but yeah, so we, we write down what we want to leave behind in the dark. We light it on fire and, you know, toss, toss it into the flames, envisioning those items disappearing. And then we take the ashes from the fire and bury them away from our property on a different property. Or if you can't, you know, if you can't like put them in the yard next door, (laughs) you can take them elsewhere and dispose of them. Um, so yeah, that's just one ritual that we do and maybe an idea for you as well. I have a friend of mine who does an ice ritual because, you know, we're, we're moving into some of the coldest months at the winter solstice. And last year she had her family, they did something similar. They wrote down what they wanted to leave and then they took that piece of paper and they put it in water and it froze. So it like froze in there. And that was their way of like doing a releasing type of ritual, which I thought that was a really neat, a really nice family ritual as well. So there are a lot of things that you can do as a family. And those are just some of the things that we are doing in our household. So I want to read just quickly a Yule blessing to you before I go into the card. And this is a blessing that I found written by Stephanie Laird. And I just thought it was really beautiful and something that you can use not only on the winter solstice and Yule, but something you could use during this entire Yule season. I mean, we're we're still in the transition right now. We're we're Samhain season going into Yule season. So there's this transition and you know, the nights are getting longer, the days are getting shorter. And so I think that this blessing is a nice tie-in to both of those seasons. So Stephanie writes in the blessing, may the longest night and the shortest day bring rest to your mind and soul, I pray. May you find guidance and may you find peace as the cycle of light will slowly increase. Embrace the magic that the darkness bears. Breathe deep in the chill and shift in the air. May you always be blessed with the light from within and may well-being be yours as the new cycle begins. So mote it be. And I just think that's a really lovely blessing. So that's a bit about Yule. I know I went on for a 
longer than I expected about it, but we're going to move into the card pull of the week for this episode. Okay, here we go. I'm going to pull the card for the week. I always enjoy this part of the episode. I hope you do (laughs) as well. All right. So, sorry, (laughs) it's habit. It's habit to hit my cards after I'm done pulling. Um, So the card that was brought to us is Manaz, the Manaz rune. And this rune stands for humankind, service, and interconnectedness. And just, you know, a connectedness for the whole, for everyone. And a nice mantra for this card is, we are all connected. So, you know, this card presents itself to remind us to think about how we can help our fellow brothers and sisters, how we can help other human beings and try to take a step away from focusing on the me, me, me and how we can, you know, help others in the we. So just, you know, it it comes, Manas comes to ask you to examine the collective consciousness and where we might feel humankind needs some healing. I think we're all feeling a little overwhelmed with everything that is going on in the world. And it's, you know, just a nice reminder. Where does humankind need healing? Where can we help others? How can we be of service to others? How can we share our knowledge, our wisdom, whatever it might be with others for the greater good. So I think this is a really nice time to meditate on that and and focus your energy on maybe helping others and what we can do um, by helping ourselves as we help other people as well. And just a nice reminder that we, we are all connected. So that is the pool, the card pool for the week for this episode. So thank you for joining me for another episode, episode number six. I can't believe I just, I'm finishing episode number six. I feel like I just started episode one yesterday and I feel like it just gets more and more exciting and more and more fun. Finally, I feel like, I feel like the nerves are leaving me the first probably four to five episodes. I was really nervous and picking apart what I was saying. And every time I said, um, and, and there are certain words that I catch myself saying a lot, but that's who I am. That's just part of my podcast, I guess now, and part of me, but I really appreciate you tuning in. And I appreciate everybody who has been commenting and sending me messages, direct messages and emails about the podcast and how you've been enjoying it and learning so much that truly makes my day. Every time I get one of those comments, I get so excited and I read it to my partner and I'm like, oh, somebody somebody messaged me and they're loving the podcast and they like X, Y, and Z about it. So thank you. And I want to do a special shout out to um, Whimsical and Witchy. I saw that you reviewed the podcast on Apple Podcasts. So thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. Um, I have to go back in. I know there was another person that I just saw, like I just saw, and I didn't write down your name. So I'm going to check that out and I'm going to shout out for you next week for sure. So I have two people who have actually written up a review on Apple Podcasts. 
So thank you so much. And I'm up to 11 reviews, 11 ratings. And that was really exciting. So if you are enjoying this content, enjoying the podcast, I would really appreciate any support in in the form of following, is it following the podcast? Subscribing, that's what it is. Subscribing or rating it or leaving a review. All of those things just help the podcast get out there for more people um, to spread it out, you know, to everybody out there. So the more ratings and reviews, the more it gets out there to people who might want to hear this stuff. So I really appreciate all of that. And I appreciate all of you. You can connect with me on Instagram at Comfy Cozy Witch. I have a website, comfycozywitch.wordpress. And you can always email me at comfycozywitch at gmail.com. So you can find me in all of those places. So thank you so much for joining me this week. And until next week, stay comfy, cozy, and witchy.